Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Um, what I'm going to do is, as part of my qualification, I'm going to stick a picture up to the camera um, and say, hi, my name is Peggy. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I don't know if you could see the man or the baby in the picture, but I have never been pregnant or given birth. That's my nephew and that's my brother. And someone once said that's a bad camera angle. And I really don't think there was a good camera angle uh, at that time. So, um, so there's that. I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, I'm going to turn my video off now just to hopefully help the audio. Um, uh, for me, the exact nature of my step one uh, has been, um, you know, I have an allergy of the body. I have an abnormal reaction when I overeat. There's something that happens in my body uh, which causes me to feel the need to eat more. That's not normal. That's not how a lot of the people I know are wired. Um, and it's, I have decades of experience with trying for that to not be true. Uh, there are foods that can set me off um, into overeating. Um, and so for me, what's different from step one in uh, I have friends in AA and I go to uh, an open AA meeting once a week. The difference between my step one and theirs is simply um, I need to spend a little more time. And actually, it's been a lot of time over the years exploring the exact nature of in the realm of food and eating. What am I powerless over of my own volition when I try to just use my own um, best thinking. <laughs> and I'm not going to bore you with the decades of all the things I tried. I came into the rooms in 2007 at the age of 42, and there was a lot. I'm also an exercise bulimic. I've never been compulsive about exercise. I just have been compulsive about, uh, you know, the other part of step one being I have an obsession of the mind, which makes it so I don't know at critical moments not to do the things that I know will hurt me. I don't know if that was actually an English sentence, but, you know, I forget, or I think it's a good idea or just this once, or someone made it, especially for me, whatever it is, you know, um, uh, at those moments, I do not remember with sufficient clarity the consequences of the act of taking what for me is the first compulsive bite. I am what the big book calls uh, to substitute uh, compulsive overeater language. I am a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. Um, they're the only, only requirement for membership here is a desire to stop eating compulsively. You may not be a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety, but I am. And it's really important for me to know that. So just that's my qualification. Um, I've been 
uh, as much as, you know, I am, my doctor says I'm at a right smack in the middle of a healthy, normal body weight. And in the past I have been about 60 pounds heavier and I've been 45 to 50 pounds lighter. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good. So, um, I'm gonna talk about step 12 and I hope to not lecture, wish me luck. I hope to be a service to my higher power and stick to my own experience. Um, so um, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of working these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Oh my goodness. I would like to start uh, in case anyone out there is still in the food, um, whether you are a newcomer who chose not to identify, or I wanna share also that I have relapse in my story um, and I'm happy to talk about that with anyone who'd like to hear about it. I'm going to read first five. from, thank you so much, Lori. I'm going to read from a book called As Bill Sees It, The AA Way of Life. Um, and it just seems really apropos. I heard some people talking before the meeting about uh, um, uh, the stay-at-home order. And I'm going to share that my roommate just tested positive for COVID. Um, and, uh, you know, we're in a worldwide pandemic. These are all outside issues from compulsive overeating. Um, you know, whatever one's political beliefs, the political climate has been so tragically sad, so sad and stressful. And, you know, all of us have various things we need to survive. What does all this have to do with compulsive overeating? So I'm gonna read on page, oh dear, 188. Um, to survive trials. In our belief, I'm going to substitute I and me for we and compulsive overeating. In our belief, any scheme of combating my compulsive overeating, which proposes wholly to shield myself from temptation, is doomed to failure. If I try to shield myself, I may succeed for a time. I have lots of practice with that. Diets. Uh, not having it in house, whatever. But I usually wind up with a bigger explosion than ever. That's my story. We have tried these methods, these attempts to do the impossible. These attempts to do the impossible have always failed. For me, it was impossible to sustain cessation from compulsive overeating. It was impossible. Uh, I did it. I didn't necessarily accept that it was impossible, but it was impossible. Release from compulsive overeating, release from compulsive overeating and not flight from it is our answer. It is my answer. So I'm here to share on step 12. And I just wanted to say, among many other things, oh, that's my spiritual awakening. <laughs> I, um, one day at a time, for many weeks, which have turned into many months, which have turned into several years. Uh, about five years into uh, OA, I had a very 
uh, hard relapse, we're just going to call it a lot of food was consumed. Um, My spiritual awakening, and I'm going to quote step 12 from the AA 12 and 12. Um, The most important meaning of it for me is that I've now become able to do, feel, and believe that which I could not do before on my unaided strength and resources alone. So that's my spiritual awakening. And I had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. And when I say these steps, I mean practicing these steps. All of them in order. As I learned steps, I continued to practice the steps. Oh, by myself? No. (laughs) The careful, careful help of a sponsor who had what I wanted. But um, uh, they're in order. You know, you'll hear it, but it's my experience. They're in order for a reason. I'm not going to work step three. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. I'm not going to work step three unless it's my only choice, you know, and I have to be really convinced that there's some power. I don't know what it is. I don't have to know what it is. Maybe to start, it's the AA, oops, the OA fellowship um, or whatever it is, but I have to come to believe that it will restore me to sanity. And um, that's the name of the game for me. Um, So that's my experience. And um, as I learn Um, as I learn each step, I continue to practice faultingly, haltingly, imperfectly, getting to make lots of mistakes. I get to practice them as I learn the next step. And after a while, the steps start working me, right? Um, There's a passage in the big book of alcoholics that I used to feel so angry when I would hear it. It goes, um, acceptance, And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. And my reaction to that, and if you don't want to hear an expletive, don't listen to this part. Fuck you. Thank you. Number two. Thanks, Lori. Um, If I could accept, like, uh, I know at at that point I knew I couldn't. Like, how do I do it? How do I do it? Um, Right. That's one of my spiritual awakenings. I have come to be able to first really honestly, step one, step four, step six, uh, step 10, certainly really come to um, be aware of whatever the reality is. My roommate tested positive for COVID. Um, I cannot eat uh, yogurt, like a lady. I need to stop trying that. Um, I, uh, uh, I feel very, very angry in this moment. That's not true right now. For example, (laughs) I feel very, I feel a lot of love in this moment, but whatever it is, or, Oh, I'm good at my job. How about that reality? That's something that I've rejected or not had acceptance around, um, 
I'm a very kind, loving person. That's something. So reality, becoming aware of it and continuing to work the steps, you know, okay, that's true. Here you go, God. I'm going to trust you. I use the word God because it's super convenient, like Kleenex. Maybe it's Trader Joe's brand tissue, but I say Kleenex. Sorry, you know what I'm talking about. So um, I don't know what it is, but I get to practice surrendering to it. Um, so I'm not going to go through all the steps, but what I'm going to say is um, I, in order to have release from the compulsion, release from the bondage of self, not from self, but the bondage of self, I need to practice them every day. And it is helpful for me to think of practicing as not perfect. They're ideals, right? I'm taught we are not saints, um, right? Pro progress, not perfection. But it's very helpful for me to think in terms of practice means an action. It doesn't mean practical, practical ways of living. Um, I'm going to talk more about that. Maybe we don't know who knows what's going to happen. I want to move on to um, having, you know, there's some examples of my spiritual awakening. Um, we try to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters. Okay. So it isn't saying we try to bring this message to other compulsive overeaters and to feed it to them, to use compulsive overeating language. Um, it just says we tried to carry this message, right? So I feel there are lots of reasons for me to go to OA meetings, lots. Um, uh, step one, uh, when enough time goes by that I don't have freedom from, uh, that I do, sorry, that I do have freedom from the obsession of the mind and therefore I'm not doing weird things with food, I, I absolutely forget that I'm not a normie. Plus, deep down, I still do have a fantasy that I'm not a compulsive overeater. Uh, that's just a fact. I'm aware of it. Can't hurt me if I just turn that right over to God. God's got me. I'm not worried about it today. But um, one day at a time, I go to meetings to, oh yeah, I'm a compulsive overeater. But step 12, you know, I'm carrying the message that, yeah, the spiritual awakening is possible and I'm living proof of it. And that's only lip service, right? If I start to participate in my fellowship and um, people get to know me, people who maybe are struggling in the food and they get to know my story and how hopeless I felt and how all I could do was eat. You know, I didn't, I couldn't have relationships. I couldn't uh, uh, truly be of service. I wasn't aware of the love coming my way. All I was aware of was food. I caused a lot of harm. I was in an eight-year domestic partnership where I would just disappear because don't get in the way of my, whatever it was that I was going to eat. And, um, oh, thank God for four through nine, uh, you know, thank God for it. But but my point is, um, that's one way I get to carry the message. Number three. The third one. Thank you, my dear. Um, 
So that's one way I can carry just being honest about myself. The other way I can carry the message is, oh, this is it to practice these principles in all our affairs. So um, the principles are embodied in the steps. The more I practice, the more I practice, the more the steps work me. (laughs) I uh, am being worked right now in this moment by this miraculous thing called the 12 steps of OA as adapted from Alcoholics Anonymous, you know? And um, I cannot do it alone. I cannot do it alone. Um, There are many times I'm by myself and I'm not alone, I'm with God, you know? Uh, uh, But I need to practice it says in our invitation to you in the book Overeaters Anonymous, the more total our surrender, the more total our freedom from food obsession. So one day at a time, the more I practice each of these steps, this, this blueprint for living, the more I practice, the more freedom I get from the bondage of any of what I call my step six issues, <laughs> self-doubt, you know, insecurities, fear of financial ruin. There's a lot of that going on right now. You know, I'm lonely and my best thinking, I cannot explain this to you, but for whatever reason, the lonelier I get without a higher power and a fellowship, I think the best thing to do is to isolate. It doesn't make sense. You know, turn on Netflix and, um, you know, or just not show up, which is way different from, uh, you know, resting or rejuvenating. Anyway, um, one way for me to to carry the message is to go out into the world among my fellow human beings in my work, in my play, uh, in my family, and uh, to, to practice the steps whether the other person is a compulsive overeater or addicted to another substance or grew up in the family disease of alcoholism, whatever the issue, maybe they're just having a hard day. I think a lot of people are kind of unraveling a little bit right now. I'm allowed to make mistakes. I'm unraveling a little bit too, but how lucky am I that I have, oh, an infinitely limitless, holding us all in abundant love, higher power, who I don't have to understand. My little human brain can't conceive of that. Um, I have people who call me every day. Um, I have a sponsor who lets me call him every day. I have a spiritual practice that I get to engage in involving writing and meditation every day. Um, I have children in my life who I get to really show up for. And I wanna close with this. The first paragraph, you know, sorry to keep harping on it, but (laughs) hey, there's a global pandemic happening right now. There's a stay at home order about to be in place, you know. we don't know what's happening next. You know, we're just really reminded of our powerlessness every day. Um, the first paragraph in the AA 12 and 12 
Step 12 is the joy of, oh, it makes me cry. The joy of living is the theme of AA's 12th step. And action is the key word. I am so grateful, David, that you asked me to speak today. It's always wonderful to have an opportunity to um, look at where I'm coming from and where I get to go. And I'm really looking forward to hearing from you all. Thank you so much.